Thank you for tuning in to the Van Keto Show. Today on the line with me, I have Tina Hendricks, uh, Jimi Hendrix's niece. Uh, first of off, uh, first off, I want to say to you, I appreciate you being on my podcast. Oh, thanks. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> first question. Uh, can you tell the audience about the Hendrix immune, the Hendrix Music Academy? Excuse me. Yes. So the Hendrix Music Academy is a not-for-profit music school that I started back in 2009 uh, with the help of my dad sitting on the board. And we provide services to underserved youth from Jimmy's Old Neighborhood. So we, we give free music lessons, free instruments, free healthy meals, whatever they need. You know, we want to support the kids that are struggling, kids that can't afford music lessons. So for the last 11 years, we've been providing those services free of charge to as many kids as we possibly can and we really love teaching them about jimmy there at the school so that's what we do with the henry Music academy and that's what we want to keep doing uh can you tell the audience what programs you have available yes so we we have honestly they can learn any instrument that they like me personally i teach upright bass cello violin and viola and my partner teaches drums, bass, and guitar. And so we have a band room and we have an orchestra room. And also, when the kids get to a certain level, we also have a recording studio where they can actually record and learn how to record. The older kids can also take part in a music production program. And not only that, we make sure that twice a year, the kids get on that big stage for Jimmy's annual memorial or Jimmy's annual birthday party. So. That's how we do it. And so all year we work towards that. The kids debut on those special dates on September 18th, Jimmy's Memorial. We have the kids perform. And then also on Jimmy's birthday, November 27th, we have those kids perform, you know, in a normal year. Right. Uh, the last memorial, that that was pretty good. Yeah, so the last one was the 50th. And so that was super special. And... Even though we've been planning it for two years before COVID, before the racial pandemic, all of that, I mean, we of course we had to make adjustments. <laughs> then there was yeah. a wildfire that darn near smoked the whole city of Seattle out mm-hmm. over here on the West Coast. So it was to the point where we, you know, just the fact we were so dedicated to Jimmy and the cause, man, we wouldn't even let none of that stuff stop us because mm-hmm. Jimmy deserves the honor. He deserves it. You know, he deserves it. It was his 50th memorial of him passing away um at 27 years old in a mysterious death that we still think was murder and so the fact is we had to honor this man and so we did a, a peace and love march and rally over at jimmy Hendrix park in seattle and i mean it rained on us man i mean our <laughs> it, it could have been <laughs> our sound our stage all of those people canceled on us three days before the event three days before the event so what we ended up doing was, it was just a bunch of, not a bunch, but about 10 diehard Jimi Hendrix fans. We just, they just came to rescue the thing, man, bringing their own gear, whatever we could. So, I mean, it, it was definitely the dedicated, the dedicated only <laughs> were there. 
And the Fairweather friends, man, they were nowhere to be found. But the fact <laughs> is, is that right. that's why that memorial is so pure. I grew up on Jimi Hendrix, man. <laughs> Jeez. I, I listen. Yeah. I listen to him all the time. All yeah, the time. so you know what it's all about. Uh, do you plan on expanding the Hendrix Music Academy? Oh, yes, man, definitely. So once we get through our, these trials and tribulations, <laughs> we're definitely mm. going to make it bigger and better and just so that we can serve more kids. I honestly want to just have a couple locations in, you know, the major cities in the U.S. There's so much, um, there's so much need. Our youth are experiencing a lot of crisis. Um, they need services. They need programs. They need mentors. They need education. You know, they need opportunities. And so, you know, we're doing it right here in this area in Seattle, but I always dreamed of also doing it in the, one in the Bay Area, one maybe in Detroit, one in New York, like just a few of them that could just do what we're doing. That would be the dream. Shoot, I, I'd help you out in Detroit. Since I've, well, that's good, I've, man. You know, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, let me ask you uh, this. Uh, what would you uh, say makes a good uh, musician? Oh, man, just that you play from your heart. Just play from your heart and don't play from your mind. That's what I think makes a good musician and an artist is when you you just really tap into your own feelings and you're able to be honest and, and honestly just do music that's honest, you know. Some of the music, people do a good effort, but maybe it came from, it didn't come from their heart. Maybe yeah. it came too much from their mind. And I think that's when the song is going to fail because right. people want to have a connection. They want to have a spiritual, emotional, something, connection. They want to hear your human story, your human side. So that's what I think makes good music. Cool. Uh, ask you this: What are your thoughts on the lawsuit against Hen the Hendrix uh, Music Academy? Well, my thoughts are: we're, you know, we're devastated and shocked and disappointed. You know that um, experienced Hendrix would would try to, you know, present us with this frivolous lawsuit. You know, at a time when COVID already has us on the brink. Right. Of, of you know, <laughs> of not making it. So I mean, I I feel that it's just you know corporate greed. I feel that it's um, some retaliation against my father, Leon Hendricks. Um, I I'm not sure. I, people have to ask Jane Hendricks what she thinks of, of why is she doing this? Because I've been running this charity since 2009, right in the same area where she lives and runs her corporation. I mean, she, we've coexisted just fine up until now. So I'd like to know from her personally, why now? Why are you doing this now? And, well, in their lawsuit, she claims that we weren't, um, she, she claims that Jimi Hendrix's name is copywritten to her and that we're not allowed to use it at all, even for his memorials, even though we've been doing these memorials for Jimmy even before she came on the scene with her family. Before her, you know, her Japanese mother married our grandfather. Jimi Hendrix was already a rock star yeah. when she came on the scene. So, I mean, the point is, 
we've been doing memorials for Jimmy as long as I can remember, and we're not going to stop because we're his family. He's an important person. He deserves to have a memorial. <clears throat> it was a peace and love march and rally. <laughs> There's just so many things wrong with what she's doing. And, you know, my grandfather, Al Hendricks, gave us the right in 1988 yeah. to use Jimmy for charity purposes because he wanted people to get help with his son's name. He wanted to help people, and that's what we've been doing. So for her to come up and say we can't do this, yes, we can do this. Yeah, I'm I feel confident that we're going to win in court, but it's going to be a little battle. And the thing is, is that we're, we're so weakened right now because of COVID. We could do any of our fundraisers, anything all year, is that even filing a frivolous lawsuit could actually end us, even though we've done nothing wrong. Yeah, and that's why we got to get. And we you got get, you got the proof right on that piece yes. of paper. Yes, sir. And I, <laughs> yes, sir. And we got more proof than that. So the point yeah. is, we haven't done anything wrong. We've been just helping kids with Jimmy, and we have not made any money on it whatsoever. It's a nonprofit, and we never wanted to make money. You know, that's just my charity work that I do for kids. I'm really a record producer, and that's how I live and pay my bills, you know, and yeah. I'm looking for to produce another record right now, but, you know, COVID hit. At the same time, we're going to need some legal funds. We're going to need some, some pro bono attorneys to help us, whoever wants to get involved with this, because I think it's worth fighting for to keep this open for the kids. You know, we do this just for the kids. Right. Man, it's, it's hard work. It's hard work, brother, you know, <laughs> to, yeah. to put it all together for the kids when you don't even have, you know, hardly enough money to keep going, but you do. There's a million reasons to quit, but the only reason to stay on is to help kids in Jimmy's name. And I just don't know why that's so complicated for, you know, experience Hendricks to see, because they've never helped anybody in Jimmy's name. All they do is make money off Jimmy Hendricks. That's all they do. They haven't done, they haven't donated a dime to this charity in Jimmy's name. And they make millions of dollars off Jimmy's fans. Yeah. And all the while, we got this small little charity, the Hendricks Music Academy, doing really mm -hmm. great things in these kids' lives. And and we're happy with that. So why do they want to stop us? Yeah, right. It's, it's probably just all about greed. Even though you... I guess so. Even though you and your dad don't think that way, you know. Otherwise... Exactly. Otherwise, you already had it, yeah, right? Exactly. I, I'm stupid. You know, when you when you work in a non for you know a not for profit, you're not there for the money. That's for sure. You can see doing a million other things, but that's not where our heart is. That's not where Jimmy's heart was either. That's not where the real Hendrix blood. That's not how we operate. And the fact is, she's not real Hendrix blood, so she doesn't understand that. The fact is that Jimmy, he was a very generous cool cool person as well and he was never driven by money money never drove jimmy to anything the music he made was from his heart because he loved it jimmy hendrix was like a prophet of god you know a music prophet that's what i think and he did he <laughs> nobody can even match what he did to this day so he's no. definitely a special being and he never was money centric ever he did he died with only ten thousand pounds in the bank so no. i mean that just tell you Right. And he, but he made millions of dollars for all of those exploiters and managers and all those crazy people that were controlling them. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? 50 years after his death, those people There's, like that are still controlling his music know, and everything. That's what's horrible. And then it's going to go on and on after 
after these people are gone, you know, it's yeah, going to go on to, to yeah, the next. Yeah, it's going to go on to, exactly, it's going to pass on to her, her kids who are not Hendrix, but they're using the Hendrix name. So honestly, history is being rewritten, and, you know, the real Hendrix family, you know, we're still in Seattle holding it down. We're musicians, we're artists, yeah. you know, we're, we're like that, we're like Jimmy, we don't, <laughs> we don't roll around and, and, and live in courtrooms like Janie and experience hatred does. Right. You know, I call them experience hatred because that's what <laughs> they've been giving out. Yeah. That's how can true. you experience Hendrix from people that aren't even real Hendrix? And, and another thing, how, how are you calling yourself authentic Hendrix? That yeah, is just right. crazy. Right. Authentic Hendrix. And then telling my dad, Jimmy's own brother, that he can't even use the Hendrix name. <laughs> or, or that he can't say that he's the Hendrix family, him and his kids. Oh. When my dad is Jimmy Hendrix's next of kin. So it's just crazy that, you know, how it I all I can't even out. wrap but my head around it. I know. People can't. People go, that's so weird. That's so strange. No, that's that's rock and roll and corporate greed and hmm. and just corrupt courts and what can happen. And it's happened to pretty much most um, most musicians that pass away. Especially yeah. the black ones. They get exploited. They get things stolen in court. And it's just pretty wicked. Um, but it, people should know. And if there's any musicians listening to this now, definitely have your affairs in order and just take, you know, take note of what happened here. If you want somebody marrying into your family and then end up taking it all from your blood relatives, you better take note of the story because it could happen. It could happen to you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and I bet you that they, they have that in the back of their mind, but some of them won't listen to it, you know? Yeah, man, it's scary, you know, just the fact that, because people, you know, Jimmy had one child that we know about in Sweden there, and, you know, the estate is so cold-blooded the way they kind of banished him back when he was just a little boy, banished him back to Sweden. They paid him off, told him, you know, don't come back. Now, that wasn't my grandfather, but that was his lawyer, and that was the corporate greed, you know, yeah. to do that to Jimmy's own child. Right. You know, and there's other, Jimmy has other children out there, too. Yeah. And they're probably scared to death to be treated like that, so they don't want to come forward, you know. And I can't imagine anybody, any human being being treated like that. Right. So, you know, it breaks my heart that you're going to do that to a kid and never give him a chance, you know. So I have my cousin over there. And so, when, you know, the yeah. stuff that goes on, you know, it's hurtful. So anyway, the healing is when you teach kids music. Teaching kids music has healed me. It took my mind off of all of that, you know, our, mm -hmm. our inheritance being stolen. <clears throat> and it, I was able to do something so positive to get my mind off the negative place. But this current lawsuit that she just filed on me, um, which is so frivolous, it's that, that's, that it just put me back to that negative zone where it's like, okay, you already stole the, our inheritance. Now you're going after to shut down our charity? Like, we have the right to do this. Grandfather yeah. gave us this right. It was never taken from us, but she'd like to take that from us because she doesn't want us to have any connection with our uncle's legacy whatsoever. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Wow. I just love teaching kids music, and I love, you know, I love everything music. I mean, that's my life, so it's kind of like, Nobody's gonna stop me from doing it, but if she tries to get, if she tries to remove Jimmy from it, it's just going to hurt the kids because we're not gonna get as much support. We're not going to um, be able to 
really teach them all that we need to teach them about Jimmy. And this is part of it. But we just, we got to fight this and we got to win because I need to keep this school open for these kids. And we're not going to, we never turn any kids away from here. And we're not going to start doing it now. You need just just keep on pushing. You know? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm starting to go fund me so we can get our legal aid together because I'm gonna fight. I'm not gonna sit here mm-hmm. and let her put a default judgment on us when we haven't done anything wrong. So it's just kind of crazy because she's coming after a small charity. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we're pretty small. We have one part-time employee and a peer volunteer board. Nobody gets paid, and four volunteers that help us run this. We got 20 kids at a time. And we're teaching them, and we're giving them everything we got. And it's like, we're doing all that with practically nothing. Mm. And Jimmy's fans, they love to do something in Jimmy's name. They love sending instruments to the kids. They love sending monetary support to see this happen. So, I mean, it's Jimmy's fans that have been driving this thing. They really have. And there's been times when I, I couldn't go on because it just costs so much money to keep it alive, and we're not... You know, it seemed like we were just getting into a hole, but we just never turned the kids away. We never let the kids see that part of it. We never let them see us sweat. And at the same time, the fans just rescue us every time and said, you know, you got to keep this going for Jimmy. And there's just been a couple dedicated fans that, that claim that Jimmy Hendrix saved their life. And those people are the ones that are just steady donors that keep it alive. And, you know, just a handful of people. Yeah. But they want to see this happen for Jimmy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I want I, I want to see either. it happen too. That's why I'm doing it, doing this podcast with you. Thank you, you know? so much, Keith Van Keto, because you know these things help. Raising awareness helps because if we don't get out there and tell our story, she's gonna, you know, the fake Hendrixes are gonna keep telling the story and they're rewriting history because it's not true. Yeah. So. You know, real Hendrix, I'll tell you what we're doing up here, okay? My dad, he's a musician and an artist. He's in L.A. He's he's working on an album all the time. Yeah. And actually, we just recorded something right before COVID hit. So we just kind of mixed that and released that recently. I'm a record producer and a music teacher to kids. I teach orchestra to kids. Um, and I also teach music production to the older kids on Pro Tools. So I do that. My brothers are amazing Um they're amazing rappers, and they're great. Like, poetry is their thing, you know? So yeah. that's just who we really are. Now, if you try to look at Experience Hendrix and what they're doing, all they're doing is repackaging Jimmy's stuff, his old stuff that's already been out there for 50 years, and just yeah. reselling it, reselling it. Put yeah. a different package on it, resell it. I mean, there's really nothing new under the sun, but they're making millions of dollars off the fans. And so, I mean, it's kind of a shame, actually. Because Jimmy never wanted it to be like that. Right. It's it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But I think we're going to prevail. And this is an opportunity. This lawsuit is an opportunity to let everybody know exactly what's going on with the legacy of the family. And honestly, the charity, Jimmy's charity is the legacy because we're keeping it alive. Yeah. We're teaching kids all about him. We're giving him chances to perform at his memorial, his birthday party. You know, and, and all the kids wear Jimmy's face on their T-shirts. So, mm-hmm. like, that's the most important part. And that's the art that my dad made. That so if you go on the website, drew. you'll see. <laughs> yeah, you'll see T-shirts. You'll see the kids in wow. shirts. Those, that's my dad's art. And so, because, so it's really special, actually. 
we just got to keep Jimmy in the mix and we got to keep Jimmy, Jimmy's face out there. That's what I want to do. Keep him out there. Keep it alive. Teach the younger generation about him. You know, yeah. a lot of kids come in, you know, we serve a lot of African-American youth. And so a lot of them, because Jimmy's been co-opted and marketed to white, mm. a lot of them never heard of Jimmy Hendrix. Really. They know who he was. They know he's from here. But they don't really know anything about him. They, they don't know about his music or anything. So it's a really great chance for us to teach them about it. They learn to play his song, and then they, they get it then. Then they go, wow, you know. So I just think it's so important, what we're, the work we're doing, for so many different reasons. That's... I can't let my volunteers down. Man, we have volunteers here for 10 years. Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm fighting for them, too. Because, you know, they, they know why they're here. They know that they're doing good work and it needs to be done. Otherwise, they would have left a long time ago. Right. So I'm just saying, we, the people that keep us alive, those are the dedicated Jimmy fans right there. Right. No uh -huh. fake stuff. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, let me ask you, uh, what was it like growing up in the Hendricks family? Oh, yeah, man. So life was good, man. At first, it was carefree. I mean, you know, my dad and mom, you know, they were together. They had the two. Just, I was the firstborn. And so it was just nice because Jimmy, his music made a lot of money to make our lives better. So Jimi Hendrix, he passed away in 1970. Mm -hmm. And I still want to say that I think he was murdered. So in 1974, I was born. So, you know, that was four years later. But my dad, he enjoyed, you know, his brother. My grandfather had the estate. So grandpa took care of us. We didn't have to, you know, we all were getting royalty checks. So we could live like that. My dad worked. My mom worked, you know, part-time, full-time. And so we were fine. We, grandpa, Jimmy's money bought our first house. I just remember moving into that house, how happy we were. You know, so it's like... Growing up as a Hendrix was beautiful. A lot of people coming around because they loved Jimmy. We're, you know, a lot of fans. We got to meet a lot of people. Um, you know, we practically grew up on the graveside there because my dad, his mom, and his brother were buried right next near each other in the graveyard. So we grew. We spent a lot of time up at the grave to the point where I thought it was a park. I didn't know that when I found out there was, you know, <laughs> bodies under there later on. I mean, I freaked out because we grew up just dancing, playing. Because my dad did a lot of grieving up there. Oh. And so, I mean, that's how it was growing up. And there was always art and music around. Well, we had big reel-to-reels. We had Jimmy's reel-to-reel music playing. Growing mm. up, listening to his stuff on tape, two-inch tape. I mean, it was great. I mean, those things actually helped us to be better musicians. That's mm. what it was like. You know, mom and dad liked to have parties. You know, um, you know, just kind of like a rock and roll lifestyle. You know, things were great until the 80s when the crack epidemic hit <laughs> and it did not spare it did not spare our family at all so you know but up until that point things were really great <laughs> you know then we my parents got you know they got addicted to, to crack it was horrible oh. you know then things changed and um things were pretty bad for a while there you know we had to me and my brothers and sisters, man, we had to survive it. We had to do our best. I mean, I, I know a lot of people understand where I'm coming from. And we couldn't believe that there was something so powerful that it would make you neglect your own children, you know. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I've always been afraid of, of drugs and things like that. 
you know, and, and a lot of people, speaking of drugs, a lot of people accused Jimi Hendrix of being a drug addict. That was so untrue. Oh, he was I know. not a drug addict. He only experimented just like everybody else was doing in the 60s. Yeah. He never, he didn't have one needle mark on his body when he died. And that was the biggest lie ever when they announced that he had died of a heroin overdose. His friends, everybody knew. I mean, I've talked to his friend Juma. Everybody that is alive now that I've talked to, they said they, they knew right away that something was foul because that was not Jimmy. And they knew Jimmy. They all knew what kind of drugs he was doing and what he wasn't doing. You know, and that's Juma the first Heron, thing. He wasn't doing. That's the first thing that come out of people's mouths. It was a convenient truth for them to have a button and murdered and just sweep it under the rug and call it drugs. They do it often. They still do it right now. So, I mean, when somebody dies in mysterious circumstances, you definitely got to look into it. you got to ask for answers. And you know what, Scotland Yard, they don't care about giving the family answers. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to get answers from them for years, you know. Um, there's just so much mystery around that. That's a whole other you know, chapter. But I think Jimmy deserves justice. And I think as his family and his next of kin, I mean, who else is going to make them do it? Jenny don't care. She don't care I mean, if he died, you know how he died. Mm. She's just glad that she got all the money. So the point is, I just, <laughs> as a family member, it's really hard battling, helping Jimmy when you don't have the millions of dollars to go with it. But we still got to do that work. We still got to ask those questions. We still got to hold people accountable. Right. It's tough. Yeah. You know, but, you know, hey, look, I also got, we got Native American blood in us, too. So a lot of mm. times I look at it and I go, you know what? If they could steal this whole country from the yeah, Native Americans, yeah. then of course they could take Jimmy's legacy from his family. I mean, that people ask, "Oh, how could they do that? How did they do that to the natives? How did they how did they do it to the slaves? I mean, just they can do it, people. <laughs> and it's yeah. called big corporate. It's called power. It's called money. It's called corrupt courts, and that's how they yeah. do it. And so, you know, honestly, man, we've been shoot, we we've overcome a lot. As a people, we've overcome so much. We're making moves to the, we're moving forward, you know, and, and with this lawsuit against us, it's going to be one step back, but it's going to be two steps forward. Yeah. So as soon as she filed it, you know, I was already looking at ways to make my program better. Right, right. It, you know, it, just, like, it probably just makes you so, so mad that she did that. It, it, well, it, or not. It, it makes me, it, it, it does bring up a lot of the past because I thought I moved, you know, I moved on from her, you know, still in the legacy, you know, having us disinherited with her, you know, all her little legal manipulations. But I, I forgave her and it took years to forgive her. And I moved on and I created my own life, you know, and I did, you know, and it's really hard to recreate yourself when. When you've been told your whole life, you ain't never going to have to worry about nothing. You're a Hendrix. You're, you know, you're Jimmy's family. We, you know, you're in the will. You don't have to worry. Just go to school, live your life, be a good person. When all that changed the day after my grandpa died, boom. Like they pulled the rug from under our feet. So, I mean, we had to learn a new way of living because all that support was gone. Yeah. I still miss my grandpa to this day, and I know he didn't do anything like what they said he did. So, you know, that guy took care of me, loved me. He said, look, just like, you know, my grandma, I mean, he was a good man. So, uh, you know, what? You, nobody can tell me anything bad about my grandpa because he took care of us, you know? Right. I know that's the truth. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you have a, 
message you would like to uh, tell the audience? Anybody that's a musician, you know, listening? Well, the message is to all the musicians listening. We all know how music has enhanced our lives. And we know that it's important. And I can't imagine not being able to play music. And just think about the kids that don't have any money, that really, really have a desire to be part of something bigger than themselves. And just think about them, because that's what we give them. We give them the chance to, to learn music. It's so important for some of these kids. A lot of kids, music is the thing for them. It may not be sports or or science or other things. Some kids are just musicians and they need that so badly. So the thing we do is we just, we give them all that the support that they need and, and check out our programs online at hendrysmusicacademy.org. We do those things with the help of Jimmy's fans and with the help of the community and some just a handful of dedicated volunteers and, and Jimmy's fans sending in instruments to the kids. Like the kids are blessed here. And so we just want to keep you know, as given musicians, they know what I'm talking about. They know how important it is. They know how it can change your life. And honestly, music probably has saved my life <laughs> and saved a lot of people's life because it gave you something positive to look forward to, something to do, something creative, be a contributing citizen. You know, music, it's healing, it's spiritual, it's therapeutic, it's, it's, it's bonding, it's everything. It's, it's just expression. Like, it's so important. When, you do- when you're down, it brings you back up. Yes, you got it. You got it right there. Yeah. Um, one more question. What are your uh, social media handles? Okay. Um, right now, <laughs> I think that there's one um, hashtag, Save the Hendrix Music Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach me on Facebook at Tina Hendrix of the Hendrix Music Academy or directly at Tina Hendrix on Facebook or go to the website, and the contact link goes right to my email. You can go to hendrixmusicacademy.org. And we're going to be setting up a GoFundMe this week for our legal fund so that we can battle big corporate and keep our small charity alive for the kids. So definitely going to be sharing those links this week as soon as we can get that up and running. Yeah, send me send me those uh, links when you get a chance. When yes, you... sir, I sure will. I know. Um, it's been nice talking to you. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> nice talking to you too. Man. You know, I, and I hope I don't sound, um, crazy, but I just tell you the truth, man. I'm right. My I have a cat named Leo, an orange tabby cat. And he's just <laughs> the most wonderful cat in the world. I just love him. And he got injured last night somehow. And this morning he came in and he had a really bad head injury and, I mean, it's really bad. His eye was all bulging. So, right, and it was just happened like at eleven thirty, and I was like, mm-hmm. I got to do this radio interview. What am I gonna do? And so we were dropping him off at the cat hospital because now it's COVID. You can't even go in. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, I'm just glad we could do this interview. And my mind is with my cat, but I still have to do this to save the school because you know my animals are like family. So I just I hope I didn't sound too stressed, but oh. I, I got a lot on my plate today, people. <laughs> Dude, you're good. I yeah. appreciate you. You know. I love cats, and I also have a Rottweiler. Just <laughs> I, I got mine. Mine's called Kimba the Killer Cat. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. But you know cats, and they're like our family, man. If they're hurt, man, we're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
we gotta get this we gotta keep this cat alive <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, oh gosh thank you for talking to me today and for yeah. spreading the word and and helping the hendersmith academy yeah uh um stay on the line for a minute and i'll uh i want to ask you something all right okay all right this is Maisha Hendricks, and you're listening to The Van Keto Show. Follow Asante Works PR on Instagram and Facebook for the latest in hip-hop, crush bows, and moon nubil music.
Thank you for tuning in to the Van Keto Show. You can support the Hendrix family by going to hendrixmusicacademy.org. Make sure you check it out. And you can uh, follow Tina on Facebook and uh, get a hold of her that way too. Peace.